Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It is another big week for the podcast. It's, you know, it's so exciting these days around the Online Warriors corporate office that we don't have. Really, just in the studio, it's exciting. But coming off of our episode last week where we had the great pleasure of interviewing Greg Edmondson, we have a enormous news week this week i mean we were talking about it beforehand and we're not sure we're gonna be able to squeeze all of it in but we're gonna try our best and by we i mean of course myself legal 86 and nerd bomber and tactic as always guys it's a big one this week Woo-hoo. yeah this is a this is a hefty episode you know we went a couple of weeks without a big news drop and now all of a sudden so much to talk about this episode is thick with two c's maybe even three I was going to say three or four. I mean, Disney and the Game Awards coordinated and said, this week is going to be the worst week of podcast schedulers' lives. And uh, so far, that seems to have delivered. But we'll spare the pleasantries and kind of kind of dive right in because, again, there's, there's a lot to cover. So we went a little movie-heavy last week, so we're going to start with the Game Awards. Now, the awards themselves, we're not going to really talk about much, honestly. I mean, I know, I believe The Last of Us won Game of the Year, Last of Us 2, which... Obviously, for me, you know, I was I was happy to see that. But on top of the awards themselves, there were a lot of big trailer and announcement drops. And if you have listened to the podcast for, I don't know, two episodes, you know that there is a Mass Effect super fan among us. And in fact, oh, yes. uh, a couple weeks back, we talked about Mass Effect because they dropped the news of not only the remaster, but this, this continuation, which we got a trailer for at the game awards so at that point i again not having played any of the games defer control over to to nerd bomber to take us through this i mean i was super excited so this trailer it was the very last trailer of the game awards and i know illegal you kind of caught up on the back end but uh, tactic and i actually sat and watched the entire like three or i think it was maybe four hour award show and it wasn't totally focused like we were kind of doing other stuff and like derping on our phones and reading books and stuff as the show went on because it was so long But we did watch everything and, you know, it was getting kind of long and drawn out. And then this final reveal happened. And, you know, the trailer starts with like a voiceover kind of softly in the background. It shows like planets, you're in space. And they're they're talking about basically like making first contact and going and exploring space as mankind. Very generically spacey. I literally said, oh, look, a new Destiny expansion. And right. There was something about the music, and one of the things that I'm really excited for you to play these games for Illegal is the Mass Effect scores are phenomenal. And we talked about scores with Greg Edmondson a lot last week, but the Mass Effect scores are right up there with Uncharted, in my opinion. It is one of the most iconic scores in all of video games to me, and I could hear subtle notes, and I was like, I, I even looked at Tactic, and I was like, I think this might be, and then I kind of stopped myself, so like, no, it wouldn't be, like... It can't be. And then they show a broken mass relay and then someone walking up a snowy hill. And this will mean nothing to you if you've not played the games. But the the figure kind of like pulls back the hood a little bit after they pick up this piece off the ground and they wipe off this piece of armor and it shows the N7 logo. And you see the face of what I think we're all speculating is one of the characters from the main Mass Effect trilogy, Liara. And I think I just like shrieked and it was 
a god-awful probably sound yeah. for Tectic to hear, but I was just so excited because essentially what this means is that the continuation of the series, in my opinion, is going to be revisiting the original trilogy, the original characters, and I'm so excited about this. I know Bioware hasn't really gotten in people's good graces lately. I mean, Anthem was kind of a mess, and that that's kind of putting it politely. The Mass Effect Andromeda, I didn't think it was that bad, but it definitely felt like a B, like a side shoot off of the main trilogy where I think they touted it more as like the next entry in the Mass Effect franchise. And to me, it just felt more like a, a B movie type deal or a B game, I guess I should say. So they, they kind of lost people's trust a little bit. And I was a little skeptical, but this trailer, man, really got the hype train chugging and I am I'm here for it. If they somehow manage to bring back the original crew, even though this is far in the future, purportedly, I will be so ecstatic and so amped for this game. And I really hope they pull this off. I really hope they don't mess it up because this, man, I think this is what we were all waiting for when they announced Mass Effect Andromeda. If you're a Mass Effect fan, like this is what you were waiting for, for all of these years. Well, and I, you know, I couldn't. So again, I have little to no connection to them. It was a great trailer. I have no connection to the Mass Effect franchise. When I watch the trailer, what I'm thinking is along the lines of people who make these trailers, it has to be beyond fun. And the other example I can think of is Last of Us 2. When they dropped the initial Last of Us 2 reveal trailer, which at that point, there was no rumors or anything that I know of that there was going to be a part two. And they drop this trailer and they're able to just give you this very generic, like the Mass Effect one, you know, you get this generic space scene, you get this generic, it almost sounded like it was stock, stock audio footage of, you know, space launches. It sounded like that kind of thing. And you're floating through space and, you know, people are watching this, like, like Tectic said, you know, oh, it's another Destiny. It could be some halo offshoot you don't know yet but as you work through it and you start to get this idea and then there's the big reveal right which in the last of us 2 it was the firefly symbol in the mass effect trailer it was the n7 at least for me it was the n7 again not knowing anything but it sounds like the character reveal was another big one but it has to be so much fun for the developers and the people who work on that trailer to think like this is gonna you know break the internet this is gonna this is gonna bring the house down when people see that not only are we working on this but it's it's going to bring back all these original characters it's going to continue the story at least in some way at least that, like you said that's the implication so super fun moment for sure great way to end things tactic i don't know if you have anything to add unless you do we can kind of go rapid fire here i we're going to be going out of order chronologically i have to imagine kind of going to be going to be ping-ponging between games that each of us thought was cool or comment worthy not necessarily cool well right fair enough comment worthy for me first and foremost of course again if you've listened to the podcast you know we kind of we kind of all have our, our our game interests and they should be fairly well defined at this point you may know that i'm a huge dead space fan so watching the trailer for the callisto protocol which you know i can't imagine a game that nerd bomber would want to play less um, <laughs> i think but, i even when we watched this trailer i think i even messaged you and i was like you need to watch this trailer and i would not want to play this but i know this is something that you would want to play <laughs> yeah so it looks like what we have with the callisto protocol is a pr it looks like you're a prisoner you're in a prison in space somewhere i don't really know exactly where but there is some kind of monstrous zombie outbreak i mean it's you know, it's a horror trailer. There's a lot of darkness. You can't see a lot of what's going on. You see this horrible creature, you know, kill somebody. Not a spoiler because it's really just a trailer. But 
there are definitely dead space elements. I mean, not not the least of which is the survival horror, the clear, you know, survival horror angle. But you can even see that the prisoners have quasi HUD built into the back of their neck, much like Dead Space's rig did. So this, you know, I think similar to Mass Effect, it doesn't give you a lot to work with in terms of like, oh, what's the game going to be about? What's, you know, X and Y? It's, there's, there's no gameplay footage. But man, this was great for me to see because I know the the game and i can't think of the name of it now the game event we talked about in the summer it was teased that a project from the dead space creator was going to be revealed and Mm -hmm. i think it never was either it never was or it wasn't what people thought it was going to be i think they just like confirmed that they were working on something but they didn't say what it was going to be and this is that thing i would think so this is from the dead space creator i can't think of the guy's name offhand right now but this is going to be a big one for me this is this is like depending on how the reviews are this is like by the ps5 territory for me you know along with the other existing ps5 games that are great like miles morales and stuff but it, this could be the thing that finally you know turns the tide for me in, in that direction i like being scared and i loved dead space's blend of combat and you know light rpg elements and of course the horror was just is is perfect for me so you love that like spooky space aesthetic i feel like spooky space aesthetic <laughs> the aesthetic is definitely great yeah you, know, you were say, into prey too right like this is this is your prey. home this yeah. is your like this, what did they say in hitch this is like your your comfort zone this is where you live this is where, this you, where you live, live right here <laughs> yeah this is i'm also a hitch expert this is this is like my yeah this is definitely where i live i can't imagine not liking this game and, and you know i think myself and dead space fans everywhere are just looking at the creator of Dead Space and looking, you know, at one point they were looking at EA, now they're looking at anyone who will listen, and they're saying, just do that again. Like, this is, again, one of those situations, I think, similar to Mass Effect and a lot of games where you could remaster Dead Space, and I would buy the crap out of it. Just remaster it or do it again. Like, I'm, I'm, take my money. It's one of those situations. So, for me, Callisto Protocol was, was the headliner, and I want to ask, Tactic, you've been, you've been somewhat quiet. Your headliner, walk us through it. What was your big... What was your big moment? My big moment was I always enjoy calling out games before they announce what they are because it makes me feel like, heck yeah, I'm good at predicting stuff. A pro. And oh, absolutely. I just want to call out the game Vin Diesel in the Woods. <laughs> that game. That's what it was. Yeah. Looked not right. <laughs> and the second, so the second that they showed the little arm gems, I'm, I'm drawing a blank what they're, what they're called. I knew it was Ark. And I'm hoping that it doesn't look as creepy as that trailer did and that it's it's they took Ark and they gave you a constructed story because I never liked playing in large servers because I always felt like I, ha- I was now stuck to doing that. I had to tend to everything on a timely basis or else someone would come in and destroy it or take my stuff. Right. And so, but the thing is when you play alone, it makes it a million times more difficult. So I'm hoping that they took all the great stuff from Ark and made it into a really fun game. That said, Vin Diesel does not fit in that aesthetic, and I just yeah, w- can't quite put my finger on it. I think it's an interesting choice. I, I feel like they should have used his voice, because I, I was reading some of the backstory, because it's like, why Vin Diesel? And apparently he's a huge fan of Ark and has spent like 10,000 hours or something absurd in the game, or maybe the article that I was reading was like super off, and maybe it was way less than that, but like a very large amount of time playing the game. And he was like very invested and worked with like the game directors and everything to make sure that it was a good vision for the sequel. 
And I feel like they could have just used his voice because there's something about maybe it was just his character model or his face just didn't fit. It's Somehow? uncanny valley. Yeah. It's some, some, something it's, I would liken it to, so we've seen good character. Like I think what arc, the arc folks were probably hoping for and what they didn't get was the Keanu Reeves reveal for cyberpunk, right? They were hoping this was going to be this big, like, Oh, that's Vin Diesel. Well, a couple problems with that. A Vin Diesel is not Keanu Reeves. I love Vin Diesel. He's not Keanu Reeves. B this was more of like a Kevin Spacey in call of duty, advanced warfare situation where it, yeah, it looks like Kevin Spacey. It talks like Kevin Spacey. It's not Kevin Spacey. It's the eyeball. It's, it's the eyeballs. That I want to draw our attention to the eyeballs specifically because there was something going on with those eyeballs. They got his physical features relatively correct, but... They didn't reflect emotion in the situation. That was it for me. It was like he was just And Vin dead. Diesel acts with his eyes. Right. Yeah. It was... Yeah. There was something off about it for sure. I mean, I've not played any ARC games... I mean, but they got, like, you mentioned Vin Diesel. I mean, they're making a TV show that Vin Diesel is also involved in. So, like, Vin Diesel is very clearly, like, a diehard arcer, I guess, which, cool. I'm actually, Uh, I was really excited about the announcement of the TV show, because if you look through the casting, there were a lot of big names attached with the animated series. So, I feel like it's going to end up being a relatively big budget TV series, animated series, which we'll talk about the what are you up to a little bit later, but I am definitely feeling animated series is right now i think of that announcement that's what i'm more excited for because it didn't give me the heebie-jeebies <laughs> right <laughs> but and and all in all it, it might not bring people to arc two it might they might go oh wow i can check out arc and see if i really like this and in my opinion arc was fantastic it was just very hard because i played alone so that's a great way to get introduced to this type of gameplay, this type of, you know, building things and collecting. It's like Minecraft for adults, if you're not familiar. Hey, adults can play Minecraft. They can play Minecraft. Uh, just yeah, to point on. out some of the, the voice actors slated for the animated series, other than Vin Diesel, you have Russell Crowe, Gerard Butler, Elliot Page, David Tennant, Jeffrey Wright, Carl Urban. So like a lot of pretty big actors are attached to this series. Yeah. I knew pretty much all of those names. <laughs> um, actually, yes, I knew all of those names. So that's cool, without a doubt. Let's keep rolling here. Nerd Bomber, I think it's your turn. We're going we're gonna to keep kind of round-robining here. Yeah, so... What else stuck out to you? One of the things that I was super excited for is It Takes Two, and this was the next game that was presented by... I forgot what his name is and what the studio name is, and I should have this in front of me, but it's, I don't. It's, it's the Away Out people. Yeah, it's that's, the Away Out yeah. people. And... This is another basically co-op game, and the entire premise is that a couple is essentially turned into these little minifigure type things. Play yeah. things. Yeah. And they basically have to work through the game together to try to repair their relationship and bring themselves back together to, I think, become human again. And obviously it had the catchy, it takes two, baby. I can't sing, but it had that in the trailer. And um, it it looked like they were going to approach the game too with like different levels, would have different styles of gameplay, kind of like what what we saw in Battletoads, which I really liked because in a game, it's nice to have variety and different ways to work together. And they also said that they're going to bring back what A Way Out did, which was like the buddy pass thing. So like if you bought the yeah. game and you want to play with someone who isn't in the same household, I am lucky enough that my 
co-op partner is living with me, but especially in today's day and age, I mean, hey, social distancing and stuff, the buddy passing is a really nice concept and a really nice idea. And this game just looked fun and colorful with a lot of good humor. And I liked you, the you way out. You, and I'm so You didn't excited. even mention the book with the mustache. There was like, a book with a mustache. The it's book like with your, a mustache. your main host. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I'm I'm very stoked about this. I don't know about you guys. Any opportunity that Nerd Bomber and I have to play a couch co-op game, we totally fully invest into it. And the variety of games, again, we'll talk about it in What You Do on Wednesday, is just outstanding. And so this was just another exciting opportunity for us to play together. Yeah, I mean, this is so. This is also going to be on on my and Hayes watch list as well because you know you get the co-op element, but like, man, they're throwing the kitchen sink at us. I mean, there were so many, there was so much going on and, and it was clear they prided themselves on that, right? Like, oh, yeah, at one point you're in the ocean, at one point you're skating around on ice, at one point you're, you know, there's just, there's so much going on. And, you know, at the end of the day, Tactic and Nerdbomber, I'm sure you felt this way, you know, as a couple, sometimes you just wake up as a couple and you're like, oh my God, we're tiny figurines. And then you have to, <laughs> you have, and then you have to figure out. Yeah. And then you have to just, you have to figure out using, using the strength of your relationship, how to, how to clamor out of that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun you know, for all of us. My favorite part of that trailer was the start of it when he was in his motion capture uh, suit and he goes, basically the, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. He totally saw us there. He totally saw us he, there. He, he absolutely did. Th- that one looks very fun. I, I'm, I want to stick to the co-op thing because when I was younger, and by younger, I mean like my high school days, when I was the BMOC, you know, big man on campus. I was never the big man on campus, but I used to play the crap out of a little game called Left 4 Dead, which I believe is Valve. I'm like 99% sure it's Valve. Mm-hmm. This is a zombie split screen situation where you can play two player split screen up to four people with like System Link or whatever. And it's it's just, it's good old fashioned killing zombies. There's no really, uh, it, there's no significantly unique mechanics to it, but it's just good old fashioned co-op zombie killing. It's just at its finest. I played and that game. I would go to my friend's house, crack open a little bag of Doritos and Gatorade, and we would go to town on zombies. It's one of those evergreen games because I know, like, Tactic, when you and I first met, that was like one of the first games that we played together. And, like, we'd obviously dated a while, but, like, when we first started playing co op games, because co op is a tricky thing, you know? You want to make sure you're yeah. on the same page and, like, you can communicate well. And that was one you of the test first for games. your relationship. Will you yeah. blow yeah. brain matter everywhere with me? Exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's like, there's a nostalgia associated with it for sure. There's like that was like a a, a land party all nighter situation for me a, a number of times when I was when I was younger, and to see it coming back, same development team. It's I mean it's called Back for Blood. It's there it, again. It's they're just saying we're gonna do the same thing we did before, but different. But not really. Like I didn't see any. There, there was gameplay footage for this one that I watched as well as the trailer, and like there's some different special zombies and that's what's important each one gives you a unique experience and a unique strategy based on the different types of zombies and and they're sticking with what works but they're also keeping it fresh and right i'm here for it they they have the one zombie who only does bicep curls with one arm and he so he has this one enormous arm and then this other like little little rinky dink arm and he just like tries to clobber you with the big club arm that was i think that was a new one I don't know. I, it's been a while since I played Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2. They were all but. slightly different, but yet familiar. Like that one, the tall boy reminded me of the smoker. Yeah. The strong one that blows up reminded me of the boomer. Tank. 
Oh, well, it was oh, like yeah, a boomer the, cross the, the, tank because it wasn't quite the tank. The 20 like foot one was like a tank. Yeah. It was yeah. just, it was like I said, it was, they were like similar yet different. And then you had the one that spit looked like acid, but she reminded me of the witch. Mm-hmm. You, well, you're going to be getting, well, there was, I think there weren't there spitters also in spitters might've been added for left 4 dead too, but those games were great. And again, this is just a, a situation where they're going to give us the same experience with updated graphics, maybe some, you know, different zombie models, maybe slightly different gameplay. But at the, at the end of the day, they're selling us the exact same experience and I'm absolutely buying. I mean, I like I'm I'm into this one. Uh, there's not much to say about it that's interesting other than that. Yeah, this is good old fashioned classic, you know, sit down co-op gaming. And I was for it. So that's that's where I'm at. Let's let's swing it over to Tactic. Other game for so this isn't so much a new game announcement but rather a player joins the fight so smash brothers announced that sephiroth will be joining the fight so i'm not that excited about this and and here's why while he is absolutely a totally badass character i feel like he's going to be one of those characters that i Whenever I'm playing with my friends, I say no one's allowed to play with him. He's annoying and cheap because he kind of got he has a little bit of range. He's a little bit of close. He seems to be quick. And so that's why I'm just like, eh, on this announcement. But on the same time, characters like Kirby sucking him up and taking his powers that I can maybe get behind because that's just you still got your lovable Kirby's abilities with a little mix and pizzazz. So all in all, kind of middle road, middle of the road. I'm always excited to see more Final Fantasy characters added to the fight. Or if you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, you can call them Kingdom Hearts players, but it's really Final Fantasy. Excited, but I'm going to be frustrated is my summary. Now, okay, you, you hit a good point there for me to jump in. I've never played Final Fantasy. I haven't played Smash Brothers in a while, and I'll tell you why. Smash Brothers is an amazing idea. Whoever came up with Smash Brothers, absolutely genius. It stood the test of time for good reason through basically every console generation since i think n64 when i think of smash brothers my immediate reaction physical and emotional and mental is just stress just a lot of just i just get stressed out thinking about i think i was raised in a competitive household that's like and we we had super smash brothers we had super smash brothers melee you know we had brawl like we, we went through the generations and my older brother look i this is me complaining. I was never very good at Smash Brothers, and I had an older brother and a younger brother who both were very good at Smash Brothers. There was something about it I couldn't grasp. So when I think of they Smash probably Brothers, didn't give it, you the game tr- GameCube controller. Well, but um, we're talking about Melee. We're talking about before there was an, uh, another option. When it was the, the GameCube, GameCube controller. controller, yeah. I and mean, you were just bad. You probably I didn't. You, bad. you probably didn't master the L and R triggers. That I was, didn't. That was key. You're, so you're cutting right to the core of it. I was I was never rolling around, you know. I was basically just going for smash attacks and using projectiles and hoping for the best when that was never going to fly. Long story short, when I hear about Smash Brothers now, I just I something happens in the pit of my stomach that I that I can't explain nor do I really want to get into. Nerd Bomber, it sounded like you kind of agreed. <laughs> um, well, for me, it's not even bit. that I'm bad at it. It's that I'm good at it if I can keep track of what's happening on the screen. But the screen is yeah. so busy that my Locked eyes, up. like, I just, I can't track. See. And I don't know if this is a thing that's happening to me as I get older, because I don't remember having this problem when I was younger, but I definitely do now. There is just so much happening, especially when you're playing with, like, multiple people, that it's just so overwhelming. And I can't keep track of where I am. And it, I, it just, it's so hard for me to play the game because I just can't 
manage. (laughs) It makes me feel old, but like that's where I'm at these days with Smash Brothers. I think there's different types of people in this game and... The, the types of people that I am is I'm a very food-oriented person. So going back from the Nintendo 64 up to today's console, my favorite mode to play this is tournament-style 1v1 because then you have a clear rotation, you'll have an obvious winner, you have no one, you know, ganging up on anyone, and I'll have time to walk away and get snacks. See, yeah, this is one of those situations where I have... I. I can already feel it happening. I have earned the the collective ire of a lot of our fans by saying Smash Brothers isn't for me. Nerd Bomber, Nerd Bomber maybe a little bit, but also maybe less so is is going to get that directed at her too. I don't know. Even when I was in college, too, this was a game that when we were all in college, there were like tournaments in our dorms for this game. Like people would go crazy for it, and I think that just the the competitive aspect of it just we were we were just talking about co op games, and that was that's so much more of a happy place for me. I've legit tried hustling people with this game. I'd walk That's in exactly and be like, oh, what is, exactly this, what I'm talking what is about. this smoosh Smoosh brothers? And then I'd place in the tournament. Well, that explains your at least mild excitement for, for Sephiroth and just for Smash Brothers continuing to be Smash Brothers then. Let's stop talking about Smash Brothers because I'm getting anxious. Nerd <laughs> Bomber, take us to, some, to, to a happier place, will you? So I know we've talked about a lot of like bigger kind of budgety triple A type titles here. I mean, I guess it takes two wasn't, I don't know, but like bigger budget games and there's stuff like dragon age that we're not going to touch on but one of the things that actually caught my eye is a game called chia maybe chia i don't know how it's pronounced t-c-h-i-a and essentially it's a game based out of caldonia and you're you play this little girl who has magical powers where you're obviously living on this tropical island and you can take control of various objects and animals which you know as soon as i just said that you can take control of animals you know i was like immediately sold on that um but it looked like like a 3d platformer fun little cutesy game and you could travel on your little boat and that kind of reminded me of like wind waker and windbound and the art style is kind of like that cell shaded like you you saw in like zelda wind waker and stuff like that and this just looked like a super fun game and it even kind of borrowed from the last of us 2 where it had because i know the last of us 2 it had that portion of the game i haven't played it yet so i don't want to get too in spoilers but i saw that it had a portion of the game where you could like actually kind of play guitar chords and they kind of stole that idea here and you could actually play the ukulele in the game and it just looked like something that's super cute super light and fluffy so that after i'm done with my next epic mass effect campaign i can sit down with this game and you know have this fun just cute platformer adventure because i've kind of rekindled my passion for the cute platformer adventure game this game gave me hardcore Moana vibes. And I know what you're thinking. That too. She's, she's, this is different. She transports into animals. Well, so does Maui. So it's Moana and Maui. Smush. Here's your game. So It, it looks like a game that Disney could have created. Honestly, it really does. Well, I, I want to stay on this track. I, I, I like where we've gone, you know, fr- from the kind of heavier, like you said, bigger budget things. I, I personally feel like season deserves mention not because it showed any particularly interesting gameplay but because it was visually just very nice to look at like i was like watching this trailer and like it's very soothing like you said that like, you can play like mass effect or some big thing and then go and just just be soothed you know and i played another game like this called rhyme which is a very smaller indie game that's just it's very nice to look at there's not you you walk around you complete tasks 
and in this case in season it looks like you're biking around at the end of humanity i don't know it's a little vague what the story is but it looks like you're just kind of you know strolling around completing tasks on your bike driving driving through the countryside and uh just having a peaceful time and in the midst of all the other stuff we talked about i mean especially me you know my other highlights were callisto protocol and back for blood and then i decided okay i need to like take an ambien and like <laughs> and like be in this spot so it just it, i think it just hit me right but it, it's this is another one that i think it's it's much more of an indie situation relative to the other stuff we've talked about but i thought that i wanted to mention that one because it looked nice to me tactic we're running short on time but why don't you close us out here what what uh i'm gonna close it one out more thing with my absolute favorite one that i was most excited for and that is road 96 another indie game Another indie game. So this game was basically a choose-your-own-adventure hitchhiker-style game where your story is going to vastly change based on who you ask to pick you up off of this Road 96, and you're making your way on this epic journey. You're going to run into all these different people, and everyone's experience is absolutely unique. And I feel like I'm not explaining it well, but please check it out. It, it looked just, amazing. It looked it really amazing. Did. And like I said, everyone's story would be absolutely unique. And it can vary drastically based on who you trust to hop in their ride, which is, I guess, Stranger Danger 101. Yeah, very, very story based, very interactive, lots of branching paths. It looked like one of those things where, again, it's not intense, right? You're not running and gunning. I mean, you can get into danger, but it's it's more this thing where you're making choices and seeing how those choices affect you. And that's always cool in my book. I was concerned this wasn't going to be a console game. I still don't really know the details. The, the trailer didn't say much about that. Hopefully it's not just a PC situation because then I'm going to be SOL, if you will. Then you can um, just come over and use our PC sometime in the far right. future. <laughs> Sit in your house and play games while you guys are just, you know, around. So we didn't, yeah, we're going to we're gonna move to our break now, but we have to wrap up the game section. This seems like a constant thing on this show when we talk about these big game conventions and stuff. There were, of course, things we didn't have time to cover. Perfect Dark was one. Dragon oh, yeah. Age oh, my mentioned. gosh. Perfect Dark was huge. Oh, I there forgot were, we didn't cover that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there were a bunch of Fortnite character reveals. I mean, there was there was a lot going on uh, at, at the game board. So we just, we unfortunately didn't have time to cover everything. But of course, we are on the Twitter sphere at OW Illegal86, at OW Nerdbomber, at OW Tactic, and our main show account at Online Warriors One. We are there to chat with y'all about everything that happened at the game awards and anything we discussed here anything we didn't and of course what we're going to discuss in our next segment as well which is going to be about the boatload of disney reveals so we're going to have more an even busier second half potentially to the show but we're going to head to the break now before we do i of course would be remiss if i did not shout out our fantastic patreon producer mr ben checkness ben thanks again for all you do for the show ben supports us at the night level and as a result, he gets access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. He gets this producer shout out. He gets input into the weekly game segment and the occasional guest spot. So if you want to be like Ben, uh, you want to be a knight. There is also a squire level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. And then the page, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. All of the details for this are available over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. You can head there for more of the particulars. We want to thank Ben again. And we are going to head to an ad break now. Uh, when we come back, we will talk more. Well, not more about the Game Awards. We're going to talk about the Disney slate of reveals that came last week. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. We're talking NFL, NBA, MLB, 
NHL. I think I got that's the big four. I got them. I did it. And whatever your favorite team is, they're going to be there. If you enjoy our show and are looking to buy a New Jersey sweatshirt or hat, I'm partial to the hats myself, even though I have a very large head. You can support us by going to podgo.co slash fanatics and getting 25% off your next order. That's podgo.co slash fanatics. Are you guys sweatshirt people, hat people, or jersey people? Or you just say all three. I'm a hat person. I mean, I I have everything because I'm insane with my sports fandoms, but I'm a big jersey girl lately. And I'm not saying like New Jersey. jersey. Like I collect jerseys it's pretty crazy i have lots of jerseys and i can't possibly wear them all at this point but i keep buying new ones she's a jersey girl that was the worst jersey accent i've ever done i regret nothing so again podgo.co slash fanatics is the link for getting 25 percent off your next order from fanatics thanks again to fanatics for sponsoring this episode and now we will head back into the episode itself all right we are back from the ad break and we are getting ready to dive into all of the Disney reveals. Now, we're going to try a little bit of a different approach than the first half of the show where we kind of just, we're picking and choosing certain games. We're going to have to kind of take some more sweeping strokes at this. But first, before we do that, before we even get into like the Star Wars and the Marvel, I mean, I have a list in front of me of 61 Disney Plus properties that are coming. Like, 61. It's <laughs> I mean, so that's... hard to wrap your head right? around that. <laughs> they could have just did eight more. It would have been hilarious. Right. Well, there's so there's that. That's a missed opportunity. But I mean, 61, like, I think we've all been feeling, I mean, Tactic, you mentioned last week, we didn't have time to talk about The Mandalorian. And unfortunately, we're not going to have time to talk about it this week. Because what a show, like the, what they're doing there is unbelievable. Best Star Wars content I've seen in years. And yes, I am talking about the movies. So to see all this sweeping Star Wars content that's coming, it's a big deal. But it's also sending a strong message to, I think it's sending a strong message to all the Disney Plus subscribers who are feeling like they're getting the short end of the stick. Hang in there, be patient. A lot of stuff is coming. Because outside the Mandalorian, I don't really, I don't know what your guys' experience is like, but I don't use it for much of anything. Like, I'll fall asleep to a movie sometimes, but like, I'm not actively watching anything there. Yeah, it's almost felt like it's been a, just an absolute drought on Disney+. Plus. And to see this, so to speak, light at the end of the tunnel, that we're going to get some real content, if not soon, is really, really refreshing. It's Well, it might also be a COVID thing, right? Because I imagine a lot of things... I mean, I know Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know production was slowed down on that because of COVID. There's probably countless other shows that have kind of gummed up the works and fingers crossed as we get a vaccine as things start progressing closer to normal i imagine disney is now saying okay you've been patient thanks for that or if you haven't been patient if you're not a member of our streaming service here's what you're gonna be missing out on if you don't come back and it's a definite push you know we've 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 heard that disney is trying to move more of their resources into the streaming market this could also be seen as a direct response to what hbo max is trying to do although it's kind of a different thing either way there is a lot to break down here so i for me the water's edge and kind of where, where where i would start is star wars because there's a lot of star wars stuff i mean so much star wars stuff the obi-wan show getting hayden christensen back like that's I know such a big deal it's such a big deal and like hayden christensen it's a star wars fan he's kind of a joke right his performance or the writing that he was given whatever it may have been it's laughed at constantly the the, the, the monologue about sands just all of his acting in episode three. And yet, when I heard this news, I was like, that is great. Like, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for us. There's no loser here. 
super excited for this Obi-Wan. I was excited for the Obi-Wan show to begin with, but this, I think, is going to add a little bit of zhuzh to it. Well, yeah, and and put it put the making fun aside, the relationship between those two characters, and I always go back to the animated series because I think they did it really, really well in that, I guess, showcase of Star Wars. Their relationship is phenomenal in, in all of those things, especially, you know, it's 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 more than just student master. It's I mean, he said it. You are like a brother to me. I mean, right. It's just well, it's the, it's so pivotal and important, and I'm super stoked that they're including him. And they're, and they're they're setting it up right where I think now that they're revealing this news and casting it in, in such such a light, like their big job to me, this show's big job is chronicling the fallout of what happened in episode three between those two characters. You know, relationship wise. I think that's a huge deal. And, and, you know, I'm not sure how often the two characters will cross paths. I mean, if he's being cast, I would assume a reasonable amount. And man, there's a lot to dive into there. Because, you, you know, you mentioned the animated series, you know, adding more to that relationship. There's always more that can be added to a relationship that's that pivotal to an entire saga. So that was big news. I want to talk about, this didn't get a trailer, but I want to talk about Rogue Squadron. Because... To me, this is a big deal personally for a few reasons. One, Patty Jenkins is absolutely killing it right now. That was a great choice. It sounds like she had a very personal investment in the choice. If you watched her talking about it, you know, you have, she wanted to, she essentially has been looking to make a Top Gun-ish kind of movie and she also loves Star Wars. And so it's kind of this marriage of concepts, right? For me, I love, I mean, I love the Rogue Squadron games. I love them to death. And I have Star Wars Squadrons waiting in the wings as a Christmas gift that I'm not supposed to know about. So I'm going to be playing that in the next couple of weeks. You'll be hearing about my experience with that. But for me, this is a dream concept for a movie. In the Star Wars universe, you couldn't come up with anything better. So that was a definitely a touch point for me. Other Star Wars stuff that I'm missing here, guys? I mean, Ahsoka, of course. Am I pronouncing that right, first of all? Ahsoka? I think so, yeah. I mean, that um, was pretty huge. There's the Lando series that's going to come. Lando which- series. Is it going, like, if they get Donald Glover, and I, you know, this is one of the things that's always kind of struck me with all of these Disney Plus series is, I mean, obviously, some of these actors that they're getting for their TV shows are movie caliber stars. And I'm not saying that TV actors are not big stars as well, but I mean, typically, movie actors just get paid a little bit more. And I, you gotta wonder how much these people are getting paid. Because, I mean, you if they bring back Donald Glover for the Lando series, like, that's huge. I mean, we just watched a show on Apple TV where it had an MCU person in it. So That's true. They're they're shelling it out, and and really, the in my opinion, the market has seen that streaming is just as powerful, if not more powerful, than you know blockbuster films. Well, and the, and the thing is, that's what. Like you, you, okay, you mentioned Apple TV getting an, an MCU actor, but like relative to the Netflixes and the Hulus. That's what Disney is going to get you is mm-hmm. streaming content that has big names, these, these big people involved and like big directors, big producers, big actors, like people, you know, franchises, you know, that's what and, and, and that's the foot they want to be putting forward. Right. So like the Lando show, you know, you, you also have lesser known stuff mixed in. I mean, they're they're going to be spinning off. I think it's called Andor, this the series about the spy from Rogue One, which has mm-hmm. got some smaller time people in it. You know, you have. Uh, there's a droid story there's acolyte right actually i'm I'm excited about acolyte because that's going to be i think the first time we're going to see something at least live action that's set in the high republic era right well it's also i think the more exciting thing to me is that it's a mystery 
a Star Wars mystery. Yes, absolutely. There's so much that can be done in this universe that has not yet been realized. And this is just one example of that. A mystery thriller. Oh, man. It's, I'm, I'm just scrolling through here to make sure we don't miss anything on the Star Wars end. But what's the other one I wanted to mention? It's, it's There's Repub- Rangers of the New That's Republic, it. I think it is. Rangers of the New Republic, set in the same timeline as The Mandalorian, centered on X-Wing pilots in the Outer Rim, who arguably we've already seen those, these characters show up in The Mandalorian. Again, not getting into spoilers. Cara Dune is a marshal of the new republic there's could potentially be some crossover there you have to think about crossover with all these shows too right because disney i imagine like the mcu is trying to build a network here i'm not gonna lie the one thing that scares me and i know we're gonna talk about all the marvel disney plus shows coming up next but the one thing that scares me about all of this is kind of that marvel effect where you have to watch every single thing with all the crossovers to get the Mm -hmm. common thread storyline that's the only thing that scares me because i know not all of these 61 titles fall into the star wars camp and or the marvel camp there's other stuff outside of them but like there's still i mean we just listed off what was it like five to ten star wars series that will be coming that if they're all semi tied together, you're gonna have to watch them all. And like, that's mm-hmm. not gonna be a chore by any means. I'm very excited about it, but I don't. Do I have the time? I hope I have the time. If it's well, it if it's like if it's as magnetic as the Mandalorian has been, then you're gonna make the time. <laughs> then you're gonna make the time. But I definitely agree. That's a legitimate fear. I, I you know I think and and you know Disney's full of smart people. They probably know that there's a critical mass that they can do with that. Movies are different. Movies are one thing when you can make all these MCU movies that intertwine because movies are at best a once every three months situation. But if you have TV shows running concurrently and all mixing together, I just don't know if that sort of thing can be, can be supported. We should, man, this is so tough. I'm, I'm sure we're leaving stuff behind, but we should move on to, to the MCU. But before we do, I want to touch on a few other things, you know, not in the MCU and not in star Wars. Cause obviously those are the two big things, but Indiana Jones five. Now, we don't need to belabor this point because not a lot is known yet other than that it's scheduled for release in the summer of 2022. Slated for director James Mangold to take the helm. If you don't know that name, Logan, which think about really what enjoyed. Logan did. Logan was great. And if you think about the tone that it set for an aging character, you know, assuming they get Harrison Ford back, that's a match made in heaven that could be amazing. I don't know if they're going, they probably won't go that dark with it the way they did with Logan, but if they flirt with that even... That could be great. Uh, that's something I wanted to mention. Uh, Nerdbomber, I see Hocus Pocus 2 here, which we talked about a little while back. Yeah, they more or less just confirmed that was coming to Disney+, Plus, which I think it had been talked about, but now I think they officially confirmed it to their investors. John Mulaney as Chip and Andy Samberg as Dale. Dude, I think that's going to be great. Amazing. Be amazing. <laughs> amazing. Like, I couldn't think of two better people, two funnier people to be involved in that akiva schaefer's directing who i believe he's also a member of the lonely island so it it could get weird uh but it's, it could be extremely funny uh of course there's uh there's lightyear we we have to talk about lightyear i mean you're getting chris evans to voice a young buzz lightyear that's pretty much all we know at this point but i just a lot to know i just want to know why like maybe it's just because tim allen is too old at this point but like i guess chris evans is, is fine I don't have anything rather, to guess Chris Evans, but it's just, it's weird. That's the one thing. Like, it's weird to me to see anybody else play that role. It's, I think it can be done. I have faith. I, I hear you. I have, I have faith in it. I think it could be really cool. I think it could be more action-y than Toy Story was. So, but here's the thing of why you should be okay with Chris Evans playing that role. Because 
So Buzz Lightyear is a toy. Buzz Lightyear is Tim Allen. The Buzz Lightyear show is based on the pilot that the toy is inspired from. So it's it's based on an actual pilot, quote unquote. So it's more like following the the Zerg type. No, it's not. No. Zerg and Buzz Lightyear's story is all make believe. That's a toy. You, are you guys following me yet? <laughs> you're, you're blowing my mind a little bit, but the the stance that they're taking is this is a quote real pilot in that universe that they took inspiration from based on how daring and heroic he was and made a space captain toy. Okay, so it's not the toy. It's the actual guy. Correct. And that's why you should be okay with it not being Tim Allen. Okay, I'm okay with that then. That's actually I'm, really I'm interesting. There, there's a lot they, they could do with it. Okay, MCU. Let's, let's get through this. Two uh, words, or three words. I am ahead. Groot. I don't know how I counted that so badly. <laughs> it's like literally... So many words. Three words. Two, no, three words. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, so I Am Groot is one thing. We have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. We have Fantastic Four. We have Secret Invasion. We have a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, Armor Wars with the Return of War Machine. I'm going to run out of breath. I mean, I mean, my God, Ironheart, a female Tony Stark. Come on. This is what, give the people what they want. And, you know, I'm not even mentioning the stuff we already know about, which is, you know, we got an extended trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so I have Loki. to be honest, I wasn't blown away by the Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer. I did not watch the Loki trailer because I watched the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer and was like, eh, maybe an unpopular opinion, but wasn't taken in by it personally. I thought it was okay. I didn't feel any specific way about it. I'm just excited. Like at this point, I'm just so excited for these shows to come out that More I watched content. the trailer and I was like, okay, let's go. Well, we've been waiting for them. I mean, especially with Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision. These are shows we've been hearing about for, again, for a long time that, you know, I'm not sure if they if we were ever told they were going to be released shows, like when the streaming service debuted, but like we were given reason to believe they would come sooner than they have. And again, that's, that's COVID stuff. But this is, again, I mean, you know, like you talked about with Star Wars, we don't need to belabor the point, but we're wading into territory where these shows need to be really careful about how much they cross over. It could be really cool if it's done correctly, but... Uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta watch yourself there that's a line you have to tell of these of the ones i just listed what are you most excited about for me it's got to be Ironheart. nerd bomber sounds like it's i am groot but correct me if i'm wrong yeah i know i am groot is just going to be like a mini series but i don't i love groot i'm such a sucker for these stupid baby characters baby yoda the baby script- groot they just got me i don't even i just like- want to know what what is the script for that show going to look like it doesn't even matter if I could just <laughs> I am watch. I literally, am if I could watch, and I when Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two hit Netflix, you can ask Tactic. I randomly, like maybe once a week, would it just was so random. I would start the movie and just watch that opening sequence of Dancing Baby Group, and that was enough for me. And then I would turn it off yeah, and like go about up. my day. It's just, just a little pick me up, and like maybe. This is really dumb and like I'm very excited about everything that has been announced. I think everything has the potential to be really great, especially now that we've seen like we keep saying with how great the Mandalorian is. If they can bring that magic to these MCU properties, like it's going to be awesome. But it's I am Groot is just like value. this like yeah. happy little pick me up and I'm here for it and I need that in my life. Just like I liked Forky asks a question, which was a stupid Forky little short but was so entertaining. If you, and yeah, that, that's been a common thread that we've mentioned a couple times now. I want to really drive it home before we get to tactics pick here. But if you are doubtful about the Mandalorian, if you're skeptical, 
that time has passed. It is like season one. I was like, okay, let's see if they can keep it going. Season two might be better. It's definitely so better. And I like, loved season one, but like, except that stupid jetpack mistake. Okay, well, <laughs> well, we'll do a secret segment about that or something. But the the show is it's so good, and like you said, if they can capture that high production value, that that quality of magic with the MCU, forget it. All bets are off. Tactic, round us out here. What's what? What are you? most looking forward to in the mcu so totally unoriginal opinion also Ironheart. i mean yeah that makes sense yeah i've been been looking forward to it i am much more into iron man than you are so it only makes sense that you know i picked it um but i guess you had the first uh say (laughs) but hey here we are that's we're we're, we're gonna have to cut the disney conversation short because we got to keep things moving along but Guys, there's so much. I mean, again, Twitter sphere, at OW86, at OW Nerbummer, at OW Tactic, at Online Warriors 1. I'm sure we missed something. I'm sure there's something we didn't even cover that you're now furious that we didn't. That's the risk we run of being podcast hosts, I guess. But hit us up there. Let us know uh, what you think of all these shows. What are you most looking forward to? You know, the movies, which again, we didn't touch much on the movies. I mentioned Indiana Jones. But yeah, right now we're going to move into what I expect will be a very breathless what are you up to Wednesday? It's been teased by multiple people. <laughs> we'll start with Tactic. What do you got for us, Tactic? Okay, so this has been a very game-centric week. A lot of you know that I have Cyberpunk 2077, but I can't open it because it's a Christmas present. I'm just not supposed to know I have it, but I have it. It's under the tree. So I can't play it. So in the meantime, I've started playing Star Wars Fallen Order, and I have to say, I'm not very far into that game, but so far, absolutely fantastic. The default button mapping is is a little difficult to get used to, but the more I'm playing it, the more I'm getting used to. Um, you really have to learn how to dodge and 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 almost like fencing. It's 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 quite interactive. The the battling and and not only that, you get to like deflect laser shots and, and it's, it was done really really well. So big fan of that. And then so that's my as we called it the stressful game. And then we've also got a chill game going on because that's also necessary to, to sit back, relax. And so at nights, we've been capping off our evenings, Nerd Bomber and I, playing a game called Haven. And this game, one, first and foremost, its soundtrack is just absolutely chill and it's relaxing. A banger. Chill a banger. Relaxing wow. banger. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And the game's got like all the right amount of innuendos where it's entertaining but also kind of like flirty especially it's it's a couch co-op game we all I'm, love flirty games yeah <laughs> uh, about a couple so so one person plays as the girl one person plays as the boy obviously i'm the girl and she's the boy um you don't get to pick it just the science based on the controller player two is the girl and i was player well, two but I'm sticking to it. I'm I'm consistently stick sticking with this is my person. This is how we're going to play. And I'm enjoying it. It's just a game of exploration. It kind of has a lot of nods into real world problems such as, you know, big corporations polluting and and you know, leaving behind their messes. To me it felt like it was making a wink at the uh, BP oil spill. And just the story trailer is titled I just googled it. The story trailer is titled Can Love Conquer All? It's a question. Yeah, and it's about a couple just escaping to to avoid a matchmaking um, system that they have in their their original society. And it's just it's super interesting and what they're discovering along the way, and very chill. I really want to try Fallen Order, so I, I'm glad to hear that it, you're having a good experience with it so far. Nerd Bomber, what do you have for us? So I'm gonna go more show centric. I did start Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I want to get a little bit farther into it before I talk about it because I feel like I don't have enough 
of my toes in the water to really speak on it yet. Some um, nice I mean, it's such it's a big game, and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. So, show wise, there's two shows that we've actually binged completely within the last week, and I wouldn't be too impressed with us because they're fairly short. One is The Dragon Prince, and this is an animated series on Netflix. It's a Netflix original, and it feels a lot like Avatar, and part of the reason for that is because, A, one of the voice actors, the person who plays Sokka, also voices a main character in The Dragon Prince, and also some of the writers on Avatar have come together for The Dragon Prince. So there, totally, there's a lot of the same kind of like writing feel. Animation-wise, the art is phenomenal. The art style is so incredible. The story is something I would say. So Avatar felt a little younger. I loved Avatar. I watched it as an adult. Avatar felt a little bit younger. The Dragon Prince felt a little bit more mature. It still was centered around teenagers because it's an animated series and they tend to do that. But it still felt like more mature. You could connect with it at an adult level. There were more adult characters in it. And Ultimately, it just it was such a great show. I cannot say enough good things. Even if you don't like animated series, this is such a good, good show. The writing is phenomenal. It really addresses a lot of different social issues somehow. There's a lot of diversity and inclusiveness in the show itself. There's a deaf character who plays a lead knight. You have different races. You have all sorts of different cultures addressed in this show. And honestly, it's just... The story is really compelling if you like fantasy elements. It feels kind of like a Lord of the Ring-esque adventure, but not quite. But there's a lot of magic, a lot of fantasy, just such an engaging story. The characters are written so well. It's just tactic. I don't, I don't know if you want to throw in a few cents I here. I do. My biggest comment about this is when Avatar was created, it felt like it was created for us at that age. When the Dragon Prince was created, it felt like it was created for us at this age. Yeah, like and Avatar fans who are now grown up. Yeah, it, it feels like it's really a fan service to the, the people that have grown up with this type of content. And hats off to you folks. It's You're doing a great job. And right now, there's three seasons on Netflix, and it kind of wraps up, I would say, the first phase of the show. So you can watch them and you don't feel like you're left on a cliffhanger, but it also but just got renewed for... What? But you are left on a cliffhanger. Well, a little bit, because it got renewed for a lot more seasons. So you can watch it now and kind of have a self-contained story, but it will also have some continuation in the future. So The thing was left on doing the thing. I don't want to spoil, so that's how I'm going to describe it. Well, right. Well, but that, was, like, that was good. <laughs> the, the main conflict of the first three seasons kind of comes to a head and is resolved in the third. So like the first phase of the show is pretty self-contained. And then the other thing that we watched, once that was done, you know, we went from an animated series to a hard-hitting drama. Um, so we have a few more months left of our Apple TV Plus free year. And so we decided to watch Defending Jacob, which has Chris Evans in it. Yeah. And this was a very heavy show, a very well-done show. The general gist and premise of the show is that the assistant assistant district attorney is put on a case of a boy who was found in the park, a middle school boy who has been stabbed to death. And it, it, within the first few episodes, the title of the show is defending Jacob because his son's name is Jacob and his son becomes the primary suspect of the case. And you're really kept on the edge of your seat until the very last episode. You don't 
know how things are going to play out. There's so many twists and turns. There's a very intense family drama aspect to it. From a legal aspect, you're always kept guessing, like the case is interesting and compelling. And I think the acting was very well done. Like you definitely believe that these people are going through this extremely traumatic event in their lives. And man, this was something like we started it on Saturday. There's eight episodes. They're about 45 minutes to an hour. I think the finale was the longest at an hour, but they're usually like 45 minutes. And it was one of those shows where we started it and we're like, we have to watch the next one. And we finished it actually today. So we wrapped it up in three days. So we had a similar experience. So so I want to shout out, I want to shout out one movie in one show. The movie was The Prom on Netflix, which came out on Friday. It was a very Netflix experience. It was, okay, it was, was it, good? it was better. It was better than the average Netflix experience. It was a fun musical. James Corden was horribly miscast and it like almost single-handedly brought the whole movie down. So you have to be aware of that. But Andrew Rannells is great. Nicole yeah, I've heard Kidman that he was great. way too extra in that role. He was horrible. I, we, we don't have time to get into it, but it was just... It's being lauded as one of the worst performances ever, and for good reason. It was terrible. Nicole Kidman was great, though. Andrew Reynolds was great. Meryl Streep, of course, was great because she always is great. So that was that was a, a very fun movie. Good, pretty good soundtrack. You know, kind of generic. You can see where it's going pretty much the entire time. But it was it was it was a good a good watch. Again, on the heavier side, Hayes and I watched The Undoing on HBO, which is about well, I don't want to get into the details because I would give away too much. Honestly, you should you should watch it without knowing what it's about. It is about a crime. That's <laughs> right now. That's all I can tell you. But that's again Nicole Kidman. Hayes is a huge Nicole Kidman. Fan. A murder. Um, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant are are the two the two big players uh, in that one. I would I would strongly recommend it, even though it at times was very frustrating to watch. That's kind of what they were going for. So those are my two recommendations. Which brings us to the game segment hosted this week by our very illustrious host Technic. So our quiz topic is the magnificent, magnificent Keanu Reeves. He is a gem. We all love him. And now we're going to learn a little something about him. So for the first question, start with an easy one. Is this a Price is Right style or a lie detector? Most of them are Price is Right. One of them is multiple choice. Okay. Ooh, mixing it up. How old I, is the man that never ages, Keanu Reeves? Okay. I, I should win this one, so I'll go first. I should win this one because I look like Keanu Reeves. I look exactly like him. If you need to know what I look like. Uh, Keanu Reeves is 50 years old. He just hit 50. Oh, so I feel like you know this for a fact. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I just like sounding confident. I wanted to say he just hit like 48, so I'm going to go with 40 just to be conservative. Okay, so you guys are further proving the myth of the man that never ages because he is older like than both of your guesses. Yeah. He is 56 years old, was born September 2nd, 1964. Are you serious? He looks great. I yes, mean, look, this is a known this is a known thing with him. He just looks hot all the time. He's never ages. Doesn't surprise me. I'll take the point. So, originally, Keanu wanted to get into hockey. He wanted to be a famous hockey player, specifically a goalie. He was actually nicknamed mm-hmm. The Wall. But when that didn't work out, he took to acting. And as he acted, eventually he had his breakthrough role in Bill and Ted's Excellent Venture in 1989. But what was he featured in as his first film? And by that, I mean what year? You get bonus points for, for what? Okay, I was going to say, if you're unless there's multiple choice, I'm not going to know that. What year was he in his first film? Oh, I go, I, I go second on this one. Oh boy, I feel. Didn't he? 
was Speed Before After Bill and Ted. I think it was Bill like... Bill and Ted was his breakthrough film. <laughs> right. Okay. Hmm. I don't know what the first one was, so I'm just going to say 1980. Yeah, Speed was like way after Bill and Ted for what it's worth. Speed was like he was basically... Speed a was the 90s, The yeah. definition of a breakthrough film is the, <laughs> the thing I'm, that got him to Speed. I'm going to take a risk here. I'm going to say he was a child actor of some sort. 1970. So what was your guess, Nerd Bomber? 1980. So Nerd Bomber gets it. It was Young Blood, 1986. Young Blood starred Rob Lowe, Patrick Swayze, and Cynthia Gibb. And I'm also convinced that the Lazarus Pit was on set because none of these people age. I don't understand. Yeah, Rob Lowe still looks great. Hence I mean, Young Blood. There was a missed opportunity here. He should have been a child actor. That's that's the point I was trying to make, and it's a point well made. He's uh, never tied. a child. He's always been this age. <laughs> right. That's the that's the problem. And I, and I bet okay. you if, if Patrick Swayze was still around, he'd also look incredibly young. Okay, so next question. The Matrix Reloaded was his highest grossing film. How much did it gross worldwide? This is, uh, <sighs> this is a lot of money. This is, this, this, is, this is $802 million. I honestly, I feel like every time we have ever done a box office earnings thing, I'm so far off. I'm going to say $500 million just to give myself a big range in case you busted. So he did bust. It was $742.1 oh. You were really Come close. Dang. So we're at two All to right. one. That's a killer. For the next question, this is multiple choice. What is Keanu Reeves' middle name? Anthony, Charles, William, Jaleel. <laughs> uh I go first on this one, right? Can you, you say you those again? Are you sure one of them's not fun? <laughs> Any Charles, William, and Jaleel. Jaleel. Uh, I'm going to say William. Damn it. That's almost certainly the right answer. I'm going to say William, too, because I'm pretty sure that's right. So you're both wrong. It's Charles. Okay. I thought you were going to say Jaleel for a second. I figured neither of you would think that that was it. I'm still down by one. How many questions are left? Uh, one. Oh, gosh. Okay. This is it. Do or die. In the movie Ready. Speed... What was the minimum bus speed? Okay, uh, it's fifty-five. Do you know this? I felt like that I, was. I think I. I think I actually know this. Yeah, we'll see. But I feel like that's a very high speed because weren't they in the city and they were like dodging cars? And I feel like you couldn't do that going fifty-five and stop and go. I'm gonna say speed? I have seen speed. Sandra Bullock. It's a great movie. Uh, I'm gonna say thirty miles per that's, hour. That's not speed. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh okay i have to have gotten okay, this right please tell no, me i got it for, right for a city think about stop and go traffic that's insanely fast yeah that's the point it's insane it's a yeah, movie 30 miles per hour is fast that's think, amazing think, please tell me i got it please tell me i got it <laughs> so the name for this movie should have been the commuter because the minimum speed that was required to be staying above was 50 miles an hour so you bust it oh. and nerd bomber gets it oh yeah Come 30 on. miles That's... per hour oh yeah <laughs> keanu reeves is stupid oh no i don't mean that that quiz was stupid 30 miles an hour what a terrible movie that would be no i said 50 but you bust... i know i'm just I'm, I'm making fun of nerd bombers answer even though she's the won. commuter gosh well obviously that's a disappointment for me but uh shout out to keanu reeves you're breathtaking and uh all of you listeners, you're all breathtaking as well, and we hope you have continued to have an enjoyable holiday season. Holidays are coming up. We will be on next week, so be on the lookout for that on Christmas Eve Eve 
for those that celebrate Christmas out there. For those that celebrate Christmas Eve. For those that celebrate Christmas Eve, we're also going to be recording on Festivus, I believe, if you're a Seinfeld fan. Either way, looking forward to seeing you then. If you are so inclined, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. We'd love to see what you think of the show. We want to thank our Patreon subscribers again for continuing to support the show. We, we really appreciate that and we need all the help we can get. We want to thank, of course, all of you listeners for sticking around, making it to the end. You've crossed the finish line. It was that hard, hopefully, but uh, we're happy to have you here. and We'll be happy to have you next week if you're free to join us. So we'll see you then. Signing off for now.